This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Justin Jamal. I'm Justin Nam. And this is Jamal Dejani. Jamal, we have a great show today. We're very fortunate to have Professor Rabab Abdul Hadi with us in studio. We have a big show today. The title of our show has to do with white supremacy and the defeat of lawfare. There's a lot to go on. We're going to be covering the groundbreaking lawsuit that uh, Professor Abdul Hadi, uh, you know, that was leveled against her by the Lawfare Project, which she won in an amazing ruling by Judge Oreck here in San Francisco. But before we get to that, you know, appropriately, we have to talk a little bit about the catastrophic events that have been going on having to do with the kind of unleashing, I think is the best word to talk about, the unleashing of uh, white supremacy that is uh, happening in this country right now. It's just been extraordinary. And, of course, the uh, sad news of the murder of 11 members of the Jewish community at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. In Squirrel Hill. While they were worshiping. Yeah, while while they they were were worshiping. Mm -hmm. This is a kind of tragedy that um, just is devastating, not only to the community in Squirrel Hill, but devastating for all of us who believe in justice, who believe in the indivisibility of justice, and who are concerned, like we are, about the, the, the kind of spreading of hate, the spreading of white supremacy ideology, and the encouragement that white supremacists have been receiving in this co- uh, country, not just the encouragement, but the support that they've been getting from the current administration is really having a devastating impact on, on many people. So let's backtrack a little bit about the events. I mean, I mean, this week was well, a horrible week. Was a horrible week. I mean, it started with all these letter bombs that were sent, and then we find out that this was sent by a white supremacist. He was well known traveling around in a van. I mean, all what you have to do is look at his van and at all the posters on his van to know his intentions. And of course, the Trump administration doesn't talk about this. They don't make that connection. You know, he has been at every single rally. Uh, He's a big supporter of the Trump administration. Of course, he gets caught. Then we have these horrific attack on worshipers. 11 people got killed. And we find out this guy is an anti-Semite, but he's also targeting, he's an Islamophobe, he's targeting uh, within that synagogue an organization that helps refugees. Amongst the refugees are refugees from Syria and other countries. What's the connection? There is a multiple things that we can talk about. The first thing is the question of how do we think about free speech and protected speech? What's happening here? Uh, but by the Trump administration, by people in power, is that there is there is the weaponizing of free speech. I mean, this is weapon. This is they 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 say call it protected speech, but in fact, this is hate speech that is an assignment to violence. And we've been arguing about this. If you want to bring for it to our local, for a long for a very long time, including when uh, all the groups from Canary Mission to Amcha to David Horowitz to Campus Watch. Uh, have been doing this again and again and again. There has been sort of excusing of them by the administration, by the the, the Trump administration, by various uh, bodies, including California State University That's and right. uh, uh, people who are talking about it until there was actually a big article in the New York Times talking about weaponizing free speech for the right wing. 
And that was only talking about speech as if speech and actions are separate from each other. Yes. We've also had this experience uh, two weeks ago at, the, at San Francisco State University and the university is not doing anything about it, which, which is, and then the, we have this guy, the letter bombs, and then we also have the killing of the worshippers, people who are in a place of worship. And this is the same guy who's actually posting all these things on his Facebook. The same thing happened in 2015 right. when Stephen Hicks killed three young students, Arab students, uh, the Barakat and the, the, the Abu Salha, uh, Abu Salha sisters went and shot them point blank. Actually, he actually pointed the gun and assassinated them in their home, yeah, in their house, in the back of, and, the, head. The, back of the head. Yeah. And they were, and, and, and we, at the first, the police, the district, I think was saying, oh, this is just a fight over a parking space. And it's very interesting because on that day, actually, there was nothing about the park. And the, the girls have already let him have his say in the parking space, do whatever he wants and so on. But he had all this stuff on his Instagram, on his Facebook and so on. So all of this stuff is actually great cause. If you want to talk about it directly, it's a very great cause of concern. And it should be even more than concern. It should be ringing alarm bells about what this, what does this mean? The other thing that my mind goes when we think about the worshippers being killed, it goes to 1994 and Baruch Goldstein, a doctor from Brooklyn who actually went into the Ibrahimi Mosque in Hebron and shot 29 worshippers who were also worshipping in the house of God. That's the, right. They were worshipping and now in Hebron, the, the Shohada Street has been closed, 2,000 businesses have been destroyed and... Also, they have a square called Baruch Goldstein Square for him that is being protected by the Israeli military. And a memorial. And a memorial. So, so what we're talking about here is that we're talking about the violence itself. That's actually a hateful crime that every single act, every life is precious life. Every life should be mourned. Every human life, all lives are equal. There are no lives who are more important than other. And there is no ifs or buts. We don't say but. This is this is unacceptable. Okay, stop. Okay, and then we talk about what is the motivation of the killers. Then we talk about where is the state's responsibility? Where are the authorities, the people in power? What's their responsibility to protect people? And what is the solution then? And the, some of the Israelis, like some some, some uh, they say, oh, you should just arm yourself more, or somebody. Like Michael Orens in the New York Times says, right. "Oh, the only thing is for the, the the American Jewish community and Israel to be unified because the biggest problem is whether people are praying at the Wailing Wall together or not, and the biggest problem whether you know who is defined as a Jew and so on." And I, oh, of course, think and this this the, the, there is very extreme way of the defining who is a Jew, which actually the crisis began when the Ethiopian Jews were quote unquote rescued, right. which they were kidnapped, brought to Israel, and then the rabbinate council was saying, oh, no, you, they're not actually Jewish. They need to reconvert, okay? So there was something. It's very interesting because nobody actually said the same thing of the of the Russians. Or one million that, that, that came to Israel, many of them were not even Jewish. No, many so it's, were Christians. There is, there is racial aspects of it as well. I mean, this is, so you have, there is, that's actually, yes, it's true, but actually, the, why aren't you talking about white supremacy? Not a single word in his op-ed talks about white supremacy. Not a single word talks about the fact that this guy who went and killed the worshippers in Pittsburgh, in the synagogue, actually was talking, and he was anti-Islamophobic. He was acting against all immigrants, as you said, Jamal. How come you don't speak about that? I mean, why is it that you're only talking about one particular aspect that serves the interests of Zionism and Israel? And this is really, I mean, th well, this is quite troubling. Yeah, it is very troubling. I just want to uh, let our listeners know that that's the voice of Professor Rabab Abdul Hadi, one of the foremost uh, authorities on uh, Palestine justice, gender issues, scholarly director and founder of the Ahmed program at San Francisco State. The one thing that you should remember also is that Trump said mm -hmm. that the 
that the murder in the uh, house of worship in Pittsburgh would have been prevented if there were more guns. Yes, and and actually, this and, is the solution. And the more family guns. of Stein told him, "Don't even bother coming. Yes, we do not want you here. We don't want you here." And people actually stood up and said, "We don't want you here." People from very multiple Jewish groups said, "We do not want you. We do not want Naftali Bennett, who is one of the most racist Israeli politicians and the, and the uh, co-founder of the Israel uh, Home Jewish Home." So, what do you say uh, to the the connection, Neft, you mentioned Neftali Bennett. You yeah. mentioned also not only Neftali Bennett, Burrows, but also yeah. also uh, the uh, Israel ambassador to the United States, yes. which was staged. He mm-hmm. went to receive uh, Donald Trump at the synagogue, then making both of them similar statements saying that the rise of yeah. anti-Semitism is the, in this country is due to all the rhetoric on college campuses right. and by right. progr- right. progressives. Well, first of all, birds of a feather. Let's just say birds of a feather. I mean, this is a whole bunch of racists, white supremacists, racists who justified the killing and the violence against other people are all joining up with each other. Right. I don't. I think the same. And people really need to. It's very interesting. I read the New York Times, as you know, and I'm, of course, I'm revolted by how the tone of the newspaper itself about everybody, but particularly about Palestine. It's kind of there is exceptionalized place to be extra racist around Palestine. But you look at it and you see Trump with one breath is actually talking against the migrant uh, refugees who are coming in the caravan, basically calling people. He first was calling them thugs and and killers and so on. But then when it secret, all is their secret, their secret Arabs and Muslims who are ticking secret bombs ISIS, waiting to yes. go, right? Okay, and then and then at the same time they are actually trying to deflect what's going on. Trump is saying, oh, we should have more guns. And actually, when when uh, uh, Zionist politician of Brooklyn say, oh, I'm going to go get myself a license, as if that's the solution. Why do you have to have more guns instead of having less guns? Well, a very simple solution. Gun control. I mean, that's one one of the major things that people can actually do, gun control. The same thing happens with our schools and everywhere else is that gun control. You do not arm teachers. You do not arm students. You do not actually provide weapons are only made to kill. That's the only function they have. There is no other function for weapons. You add more weapons, there will be more violence and more killing. You want to reduce more violence and you're killing. It's very simple. Stop, Rabab, stop the Ni- National Rifle Association. But I, yeah, go ahead. I'm, no, I, I, I think yeah. uh, I want to I like do a deeper dive in this because mm-hmm. I think you're making a really important point for our listeners and our viewers, which is this close relationship between Zionism and white supremacy. When you say birds of a feather, right. what you're really talking about is the, the the racist foundation of the Zionist project. Right. It's close collaboration with the with white those, supremacy with project the, with here. The, in the U.S. Isn't that part of the birds of the feather, it what is, you're talking about? It's very about? much part of it, and I think it is not accidental. I mean, people say, oh, why is the president not saying this? Of course, there is this call on the president to be presidential. As the people who are in official on an office, have an added responsibility yes. aside from their own personal views and so on. So this personal views does not really work, okay? But because they have to be held accountable to the public, they're no longer just speaking for themselves. So that there is that. But the other aspect of it is that you can see about like the 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 the, the venom and the racism that's coming out of the president's mouth and also of the of the mouth of Israeli leaders. leaders. I mean, this is the same Israeli leaders. And then also Michael Oren, by the way, in the same op-ed in the New York Times, actually justifies the nation state uh, law that Israel has passed. And so, oh, because we're a democracy, we pass it. And so on. democracy for whom, by whom, and what are you doing? Okay, yeah. the, so be very democratic about po- uh, proposing more apartheid. <laughs> 
that it's, um, it's very, it's very, it's very it's sad. Dem- it's democratic and it's also, apartheid. It's also, it's also undermining all the Israelis who are actually protesting at the border in Gaza, saying we support the Palestinians from the other side. There was a very courageous, heroic, amazing thing that happened this past week. People who are saying we don't want to subscribe to this, and also the many voices of people in the Jewish community who are saying, do not, do not speak for us. You actually are not speaking for us if you are actually collaborating with the Israeli uh, government. You're not speaking for us if you are only saying that only Jewish lives are valuable because all lives are valuable. There have been groups that issued statements, including Je- Jewish Voice for Peace, one of the first statements. Right. Them and American Muslims for Palestine were actually the first statements that were put out right. uh, after the Pittsburgh uh, uh, murders. And then you have a group, if not now, uh, you have all these young people who went to Pittsburgh and protested and said, you're not welcome here, Donald Trump. You're not welcome here, Naftali Bennett. We do not want this kind of speech and because speech, this is the thing, is that speech is not disconnected from the actions. They're you call for violence, connected. you call for violence, this is, they're very intimately connected and one of them leads to the other, especially if they're coming from the highest places because that's how you mobilize violence, how, right. uh, that's how you mobilize racism. But, but well, also besides speech, there is also um, being tone deaf right. and, and ignoring telltale signs. Right. If you want to go back to Charlottesville, yeah. for example, yes. You know, uh, when uh, people were, uh, white supremacists were marching in the Mm. streets, hoisting Nazi Mm -hmm. flags and shouting, Jews will not replace us. Remember that? Mm. Yes, in 2017. And by the way, may I just say something that Yair Netanyahu, Netanyahu's son, said that actually the, 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 these people in uh, white supremacists are not really a huge uh, threat. What really is the threat are the leftists and Antifa. Well, that's why. And Richard Spencer said, I'm a white Zionist. I mean, like we, and then we get the, 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 the big statement by Trump is I'm a nationalist. I mean, this is all and if you look at the websites of all these killers, actually, they're very similar. They're drawing from the same well. They're all putting Nazi signs. They're all saying national socialism. They're all making, I mean, statements against Muslims, against Jews, against blacks, against immigrants, against Arabs, against Palestine, against women, against queer people. I mean, this is this is like a policy of hate that's actually talking. And I, I think really it's really important because people forget that the, the, the Nazism also called for, quote, unquote, the purity and the, and the supremacy of the of the Aryan race. I mean, all of this stuff is not disconnected from each other. I, I think it's really this is why we also have academic. So, edu- so, edu- so you talked about, to educate about earlier stuff, yeah. about. Basically, and I don't like to compare Mm. struggles, Mm. but the administration has been ignoring them. Mm -hmm. The law enforcement has been ignoring them. That's right. And and I'm just going to use actually a very new example where I read at San Francisco State University in the the, in the college paper that there is a white supremacist right on campus. Yes. And who was well Nazi who was reported and and he was also kind of ignored like okay well so what not kind not only he was actually counselled by the dean of students and by the chief of police so so when you have these telltale signs and you don't remedy or you don't look at the you, you don't preempt their action what what what's uh, San Francisco State you're University sending w- a signal, waiting you're sending for? a signal that this is okay 
that uh, uh, this is the problem is that you are not actually yeah making preventive measures by education by example by by speaking by making it public that this is not going to be tolerated that that you cannot just hide behind quote unquote free speech and weaponize it for the interest of the right wing the first amendment is not only about free speech the first amendment came as a result of long term struggle by people to assemble to organize to speak i mean this is something that people had fought for and now the right wing picks it up and talks about you know then they, they, it's it's about their right and so on but that's not what really it no, is it, this is it is the, it is the responsibility of educational institutions public education to stand up and tell the public that this is not tolerated that hate is not tolerated that's racism that islamophobia and it's also very interesting is that it's we're the only ones at san francisco state who are speaking about it i'm speaking about it my students are speaking and about it. it but it's kind of like i'm i'm wondering where are all the other people who were saying that mer- might be anti-semitism at san francisco state how come nobody is speaking about it it's actually it's a concern should be concern for everybody i mean well because that's yeah. a they don't believe in the indivisibility of yeah. of, of the term but I want to go back to something you said, Rabab, because you're saying that at San Francisco State, it gives it gives these uh, racist haters license to come right. out and to hate more. Right. But well, let's say an example. For example, Horowitz put up the po- and Canary Mission put up the posters October 14th. San Francisco State nonchalantly dealt with it, and then there are three other sets of posters. So we have four sets of posters. You know, one of them you and I were on it, right, on <laughs> September 21st. But right. hold on. The interesting thing is that the chief of police actually says that they called Horowitz and told him, please give us heads up next time you want to put up posters. I mean, like, why? Because they want to support him. Suppose suppose, suppose you think you want to be protective. Let's, Let's argue for the sake of argument, the benefit of the doubt that they want to be supportive of all equalities. You're emboldening, making it encouraging a bully who only can become more you're, of a bully if you are letting them and legitimize right. them and actually treating them as a legitimate source. Right. Instead of you are saying that this San Francisco state is no place for hate. Period. It's no place. You cannot be doing this. And then also it seems like to last week students, some students went up and put upon themselves, took it upon themselves to put posters around warning the campus. The police immediately went and removed all the posters, even though we found out that this doesn't violate time, place and manner. And if you read the article in the Golden Express, you know, this recent article, too, there is a couple of corrections in it, which I've already spoken to the uh, reporter and and he's fixing them already. But so that's not that will be in the next correction in the online and in the next correction. But uh, the, the chief of police actually is like saying that they're going to be protective of this. I mean, I don't really understand. I yes, only do. would understand. I would only understand. I don't understand on the face of it because this is a des- disparate treatment of the law. I mean, at the very basic. And I'm a- asking for more. I'm asking to push the envelope. But even at this basic level, this is a very different way of application of the law. This is hypocrisy. You're applying the law in one place. You're applying the rules in one place in one pl- way. And then the second thing, the other thing you asked me about, Jamal, and let me just see go into what, what's going on, is that San Francisco State actually declined to comment on the amazing victory we had. They declined to comment. Why would a university decline to comment on a huge victory we've made when they save millions of dollars in fees and also the reputation of the university that we have been accused of? So this is, this is a segue yeah. to, right. to our next segment. And let's get, Since yeah. you brought it up, just Let, to remind our listeners who, are, who have joined us mm, late and, and us others who are not familiar this. with it, but it's basically 
very new. So this is only a couple of days ago, a federal judge dismissed uh, the lawsuit against San Francisco State University and against you personally, Professor Rabab Abdelhadi. And uh, basically, you know, that lawsuit was to force basically university to restrict the speech of students and faculty who support Palestinian freedom. Shut yeah. muzzle, it's not even restrict. So the case we're talking yeah. about is Mandel versus Board of Trustees, and it was first for, uh, filed in 2017. June? 2017. You remember the June 2017 by the Lawfare Project, by yes. the way, which is a right-wing anti-Palestinian organization with an explicit plan to inflict, that's quoting from their website, their massive punishments this against critics Goldstein, of, of Israel. Yeah. And this was, uh, mm. you know, this was dismissed in uh, March of 2018 by Judge William Oreck III. Right. Yes. And uh, it was dismissed with prejudice, meaning that he gave them time to to um, amend the lawsuit. So Change they've amended uh, several chances. Several I chances. I think at least three, right? Uh, okay, three. so they filed the lawsuit in June 2017. Uh, they yeah. wanted. We we asked my lawyers after I took me a while to find lawyers. I got this amazing lawyers, Mark Kleiman and. Mahnam Gargagosli and I want to like shout out for them because they are amazing. They are amazing. And so we filed a motion to strike me of the lawsuit because they are they're saying this against San Francisco State. They amended it. And then the judge on November 8th, 2017, we had a hearing and he dismissed the lawsuit and said to them, out of abundance of caution, and I, you know, this is in his very well-reasoned, very organized opinion, I'm going to give you a chance to go and fix the problems. You are putting hodgepodge of all 77 pages of all sorts of accusations. You're piling out things that, you know, irrelevant. You came from everywhere else, a whole laundry list of things and so on. Bring me something lean and clean. And he said then at the time that just because about me, she is anti-Zionist and supports Palestinian resistance does not make her anti-Semitic. You need to show that this is the case. So then went around what they did when they when they they basically sued me individually. That's so right. now I'm not just being sued as uh, faculty. Um, uh, faculty member of San Francisco State. I'm being sued individually, which the intent was to actually bankrupt me right. and, 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 and threaten me. It's kind of you, re- you want to live your life. You really need to give up, give up, just accept, have a settlement, accept and so on. And from the beginning, I said no settlement. I'm not settling. I'm not settling and I'm we're going we did a big campaign to prevent the university from settling because we were very worried that they're going to settle and we said no way no way are we going to allow San Francisco State California State University myself the Ahmed Studies program College of Ethnic Studies all of us we're not going to allow this false accusation that Palestinian scholarship teaching and advocacy produces anti-Semitism there is anti-Semitism at San Francisco State as we know now Yes, we've got violence, but it's, not but it's not. It has nothing, and actually, we're the ones who are fighting against it. Exactly, which is you know, and but it is, has nothing to do. It is disconnected completely with the, with 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 the, with Palestine, and so we fought against it, and we we were able to succeed to to have the lawsuit move forward. So the judge dismissed it on November eighth. In March, he wrote his opinion, submitted his opinion. On at the end of March, they came around and they added more things. Then they added my criticism of President Wong, who said Zionists are welcomed. 
right? They added it and they came like, okay, so I, I'm sorry, you know, this is my opinion. And I'm sorry for you if there are new gr Jewish group on campus, Jews against Zionism got formed. I'm f sorry because Jewish Voice for Peace in the Bay Area. It's like, it's like uh, you know, um, Boots Riley says, sorry to bother you. Yes. I'm sorry to bother you, but you made it. <laughs> You're the one who created it from the first place. You created this false allegation. You created a frivolous lawsuit in order to tie me in litigation so I would not be able to do my work. And you created it in order to convince San Francisco State, if they were had any doubt, that they should fight me tooth and nail, not to allow me to exist, not to allow me to do my work, not to allow me to do my scholarship, to teach my classes, not to allow us to have the courses we want at the Ahmed Studies Program. So basically shut us down completely, shut us down completely, like take no prisoner, scorch earth policy. Right. It was really war of attrition in order to force me to say I give up. And I said, no, I'm not going to give up. I'm sorry. I will never, ever accept a label of anti-Semitism. I will never, ever accept that struggle for justice in for Palestine is anything but part of the indivisibility of justice. I will never stop teaching. I will never stop even if San Francisco State got confused why they hired me and they would like to stop me. I'm going to try to do my job. It's, it is my responsibility to do my job towards my students, my community, my university, and I've been doing it. So they want to shut us. They want to muzzle us. They want to destroy us. But the judge this. gave them three chances yes. for Bob. Yes, and then they came up not lean and clean. They piled up all this stuff and he said to them, no. And then they came up and they said, oh, but you know, the BDS movement is extreme and BDS movement is calling for violence and so on. And the judge said, and they said, oh, and they quote U.S. campaign for academic and cultural boycott. So we asked the judge if he would allow, it's called judicial notice, if he would allow to look at it. And the judge accepted. So now the U.S. ACBI website is actually part of the things that the judge looked at. So it's backstacks on them. I mean, this is the thing is like, you know, give it up. I'm to me, I'm just saying I don't have advice for this law firm of nine over 900 lawyers, millions of dollars, the lawfare project, the Israel lobby machine behind them and so on. And we are and, you know, like we're small in terms of our capacity, but we have the we have justice. We have the world community well, we have behind us. So we actually have to talk about it and 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 remind the listeners that this is has taken a, a lot out of you. It has. A major toll. It's yeah. been going on since June 2017. Only the lawfare. Only, Only the lawfare. Yeah, yeah, this particular. Too. Yeah. And so just to quote the judge here, Judge Oreck, this is uh, one of the things that he said, that basically that the lawfare project's complaint is devoid of fact. Alleging yeah. discrimination, oh, he wrote. Oh, yeah. yes. He wrote absolutely no facts have been alleged to support their mere assertion of differential treatment. Yes, which is very powerful. Right. You and know. by the way, the first time when, in June 2017, they had 24 references where they said on information and belief means that they think they imagine there might be something, but there is nothing. Then. Then they requested uh, public records from the university. University gave them public records. The stuff, at least from what the university shared with us, that they gave to Lawfare, we don't know what else they gave. And we, they haven't responded to our request, like serious requests for public record. But they gave them 440 pages wow. of my communication with Al-Najah National University because they have this theory, and which actually been organized in a, in a campaign by Campus Watch, 
for whom Brookwell Sim used to work, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they said they, they wanted San Francisco State to end its uh, memorandum of understanding, collaborative with with, some, with the Najah National University, because I am engaging in doctorating students in terrorism, because you know students have no brains and you know, and I have like this devious design and so on. <laughs> so then the university gave them 440 pages, everything. They did not even filter any. Wow. They gave them. They came up and they revised the lawsuit and they. They took out Najah from it. It's not there anymore. They it took wasn't, it out completely. Yeah, they took it out. They never came and said, we're really sorry because we accused you of this. Wow. And they continued afterwards. They continued afterwards. And Campus Watch continues. And Amcha and all of them, even when I was going to Palestine in March for the Teaching Palestine Project with Birzet and Najah, when I was getting on the flight, there is tweets about me. I'm, I'm organizing with the terrorist university. I'm so, you know, Rabab Abdullah is so proudly organizing with Birzet University and so on. The smear campaign continued. Okay. Wow. They never came back and apologized. They claim that I actually differentiate in my classes between, I, I discriminate between students who are pro Zionists. Okay, and students who are anti-Zionists. And I actually, at that time, I even put it on my Facebook and I said, I dare you. Show me evidence. Show yeah. me evidence. Show me evidence. All my classes are, we have something called I learn on it, all, all the stuff. Show me. Okay. Then they pulled it out. They took it out. And they never even come, came they and said to apologized. me, but then they continued, they continued churning this. They put in it the Amcha accusation from 2014, from 2013 that we glorified the murder of Jews, and 2014 that I misused university funds. Three university audits, including five-year audit from an international... Harassment. All, all of it, every single one of them cleared me, and not a single one of them was about receipts. Then they continue, they put it in the lawsuit again and again and again and again. I'm kind of like, give it up. And the reason, the only reason I could understand why they continue doing it because they want to really put me out of business they want to litigate me to death they have tons of resources they believe that if they continue pushing 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 i'm going to surrender or i'm going to end up in the hospital or something less and i'm telling them i'm sorry guys give it up well here's the i question. am not going anywhere Wait, before and, our question yeah. we got to do a little station break you're listening to arab talk on kpoo in san francisco we're at 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Justin Jamal. We have Professor Rabab Abdelhadi in studio, and we're discussing probably the greatest legal victory on... Uh, for quite a while. For quite a while. About university campuses. About campuses, about no. free speech, about yes. defending the right of faculty to teach to defend the right to uh, speak about Palestine. To do scholarship. It's academic scholarship. freedom. It's not just it's, about Palestine. No, but it's that's about, my point. Uh, yeah, ultimately, to, to do yeah. about academic freedom. Yeah. I think probably one of the greatest victories in recent memory. Yes. I, yeah, and yeah. you know what, Rabab? Mm. We have to thank you. Hmm. Because nobody really knows yeah. what you've been through. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. 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 And the toll that it took on you yeah. and your family. And the students was yeah. great. Yes, and, and everybody. But we have a word in Arabic, right, Rabab? Mm. Samud. Yeah. Steadfastness. Yes. You stood steadfast yeah. in the face of these vicious attacks, these legal attacks. I mean, we're talking about millions of dollars being thrown. It's been quite nasty. And I'll tell you. It's been quite nasty. Very yet, toxic. Yeah. Very toxic. Yeah. And yet you are victorious. Yeah, I am. And I'm actually, um, and, I'm, and I need saying this because I've actually stayed that night up till like six in the morning <laughs> writing my thank yous. 
And I kept, I was going to put like tag people and then I thought I will never finish this. It's going to take <laughs> me like three days to tag people because I remember where each person was, what, what people did, who did this. This was, this was incredible. I will tell you something. When I was uh, targeted, just a small example, there is a big group of women's movement in Nablus, in my hometown. And the way that they decided to support me, they organized a day of boycott of Israeli goods. This to me is kind of like, it's amazing, okay? The students decide to do it by actually going around and saying, no, free speech for all, we support, we take more classes, they come to events. The strikers from 1968, they say, we're going to support you, we're going to come to your class, mm -hmm. and we're going to do an event which was on October 3rd. They actually spoke up and shared their oral histories with the students. I mean, this is, this is how people do it. You had me on the show multiple times. People have raised money. People have supported in all sorts of ways. People have written about it. People have invited me to speak. It's yeah, I, 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 I said I'm not I'm I'm a long term organizer, community organizer. I will never ever allow to go down in history with the accusations. This is this is false accusation. This is a frivolous lawsuit. As much as I can, I'm going to fight it. And I got I was really, really, really fortunate because sometimes people have the justice on their side, but you don't the conditions don't come up with each other. So like just to be very clear about not exceptionalizing, you know, being very right. clear that this is about movements. People came together. The lawyers came together. People were on the calls every week, week after week. People have given so much support and so on. This is what allowed us to 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 stand. And I, I and should let, let I, just yeah, actually yeah, say yeah. You've defeated mm -hmm. the Lawfare Project, a well-oiled, well-funded mm -hmm. hate machine, in right. my opinion. Yes, it is it a hate, is a hate machine. machine. Along with their law firm of 900 plus, plus lawyers, yes. Winston mm -hmm. Limited Partnership, mm -hmm. they also had a huge defeat. Yes. I've attended the first, was it the first Court. hearing? Yeah. There were more lawyers than people. basically defendants, defendants yeah. on their yeah. part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, the people were on the side of Dr. Rabab Abdel Hadi. Yeah. The people who showed the up. The judge had to remove them, put them in the, the jury box to yeah, make space. Yeah, for so our. we had to have two rooms, yeah. just. Mm -hmm. But they came when they came. I was. I thought, well, they're bringing eyewitnesses. They're bringing this. So it's the the it just like lawyers carrying yeah. briefcases yeah. with yeah. them. Yeah. They had uh, more than 20 of but them was, sitting inside the yeah. courthouse. There were a few. I don't know how many. But no, were, no, no. They were, were a, a whole quite a few. Rebel. sitting there. Yeah, yeah. So it is a big yeah. defeat. Yeah, 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 let's yeah, let's yeah. just like look at this yeah. really. It's very important. No, it's a huge defeat. It's a huge defeat. Yes. It's a vindication. Yes. Not only to you personally, but to academic freedom. Right. And I've been looking actually on a daily basis at the Lawfare Project website and Nothing. their Twitter account. Nothing. Silent. Silence. Silence. Radio silence. They what usually, are they going to say? They usually what update they and say? they put, we are suing this group, we yeah. are doing no, that they group. They say they would yeah. uh, appeal. No, no, this is, this, is, this is the interview, but not, not on, they can't post, they haven't posted. There's nothing to post. Judge Oryx. What are they going to say? Judgment, they didn't post it. We posted yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I have also to say, that's something also we have to talk about this. You had an excellent judge. Yes. Someone who understood the law, I mean, which mm. we yes. assume all judges well, understand the law. and took, they took, took his job very seriously. And took his job very seriously. Yeah, yeah. So I would say, you know, it was fair. Mm. He was patient, gave mm. them not one chance, yeah. many chances. Three mm. chances. Took his time to... 
render his judgment twice. and and write twice. Twice. write an explicit Opinions, brief yeah. why yeah. Mm-hmm. he rejects their mm-hmm. allegations and basically dismissed the case with no, prejudice. No, and also told them he told them this is what you sh- need to do if you come back if you want to appeal. And he said, I'm going to give it to you as of abundance of caution. He said, as of abundance of caution, I'm giving you a chance. Here's your chance. This is what you need to do. They did not follow the homework. They didn't. They did not. I mean, as a teacher, I know. They did not follow the homework. They did not do what the judge told them to do. And they tried to fight every single thing. So, for example, uh, we had uh, one lawyer submit a motion, um, a judicial notice um, um, brief, I think they call it, amicus brief, on behalf of Open Hillel. That Open Hillel argues that Hillel, Hillel San Francisco and Hillel International does not allow people who disagree with the Hillel policies and they expel anybody who supports BDS and, so, and what, whatsoever. Okay. By the way, general Palestinian students, they have a couple of Hillel members who come and go all the time. You know. You sit, you talk, whatever. Nobody gets expelled. Nobody gets expelled. They say, Open Hillel came out and said, this Hillel is actually exclusive. One, two, three, four, number one. Secondly, it does not represent all Jews. You keep saying that you represent all Jews. You do not represent all Jews. Sorry. There is no exclusivity over Jewishness by Israel or Zionism. You do not speak for all the Jews, which is what actually Israel and Michael Oren and the rest of them tried to do in Pittsburgh. It's like, oh, we, no, you don't. You do not. Sorry, you do not speak. There are a lot of people who are good intention and with good politics Jews who refuse to allow Israel to speak in their name. So, and they were there in Pittsburgh and they were there in the courtroom and they were gone with me and they were wearing some of my lawyers and the people who organized with us. Taken. Also, there were 12 Jewish scholars Senior scholars of Jewish studies who wrote a brief too and said that this Zionism does not equal anti-Semitism. The State Department definition is faulty. We stand with Rabab Abdel Hadi. The judge did not allow either one of them to, to be, I think, admitted. And I, I'm, if I'm fuzzy on the details, you should really talk to Mark and Mehnam because they're better than me about that. But he took it. So we had, we had, in, in, we had in our courtroom twice, when we went twice, so she, this huge coalition that represents humanity. I mean, this is the thing is that we have a coalition that represents humanity that is on the grassroots and they have the power of the establishment that's actually quite abusive of the, of the process, that what abusive of bureaucracy that is quite bullying and quite intimidating and quite coercive that's actually trying to cover up what Israel is doing against the Palestinians by trying to create these frivolous things here to stop anybody who wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Anybody who wants to talk about it, they want to silence. So I think the lawsuit, and I just want to say that what the the, the ruling of of the judge is really, really important because it says to anybody anywhere on U.S. campuses that no, anti-Zionism does not equal anti-Semitism. Justice for Palestine is not a product of anti-Semitism. There is no relationship between the two. This is what we're taking away from the case. And this is going to be in, in, in encouraging people to be able to speak up. It will talk to, about to everybody who's against fascism, against uh, white supremacy on any of the campuses. It's going to be very helpful to I everybody. I want to touch yeah. because we have We don't have that much minutes. time. Yeah. I want to touch on several qu- questions because this is very important. Mm-hmm. One, what's next? Two, mm-hmm. Now you have the judgment on your side, and this 
has drained you both financially, emotionally, and uh, your attorneys. But something that I know, I mean, they have to be held liable yes. for this time. Accountable, and yes. accountable. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a question to you or to your lawyers, mm-hmm. but uh, how are you going to recoup the money spent and time and yes. energy and whatever? Yes. Yes. And third, which is really important, we keep going to this. We've had you on the show so many times right. and every single time. We, we, we never see any positive, I would say, action from the administration of San Francisco State University. Yes. Now, you probably, you basically took the battle. You, you know, yeah. you relieved them from all the expense and the time and whatever. No and comments. justice and justice. <laughs> they have no comments. And justice was on your side from yeah. day one. You, yeah. you have been telling them and mm. they did not invest they never or put believed. any faith. Not Jamal. They took a month faith, to assign me a lawyer. A faith that they didn't have. So now, what's their action? What yeah. do you expect? Okay, so let's, let's say, start okay, with the what's one, next. What, what one. Okay, so in terms of lawfare, they announced that they're going to appeal. The appeal is going to go to the Ninth uh, Circuit, which is one step before the Supreme Court. And uh, we were wondering whether they would do it or not, or actually, you know, accept defeat and go on, move on. They're not. They're, they're, for them, this is very important. For them, they really need to like silence anything at San Francisco State. And they said San Francisco State is the most anti-Semitic and, you know, and the most nasty and the most and the most and the most and the most. Of course, it's not justified. It is not even there is no evidence about like Jewish students are not coming to San Francisco State because they are. Okay. So this is and actually the people who have been disfranchised San Francisco is us. It's, it's the voices of just, and I say us, Palestine, Arabs, Muslims, people are talking about justice and against white and supremacy the and so on. And the Ahmed, Ahmed program. program. This is, when I say us, I'm talking about a big us. Okay, yes. questions of justice. So that is one thing. So now they're going to appeal. So the question of appeal would delay a little bit our, um, what, what we're going, how we're going to hold them accountable. I would be more comfortable to leave this to Mark and Behnam. Uh, they are happy to come on the show and we explain the yeah. legal and talk about actually the intricacies of the case. Because I've had, like, I've read it three times and I talked to them about it and I have a lot of education to go. I'm not a legal scholar. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the person defendant here. Two is that uh, we are, uh, uh, the next step is to actually uh, hold San Francisco State accountable. Look, now that if, if San Francisco State was afraid Let's say I'm putting the most positive. Spin I think about San Francisco it. State wanted to settle. No, and, no. yeah, and yeah, no, they, no, not that they think they did. They did want to settle. They didn't want to settle, and we did this whole movement to prevent them from settling. And now they're vindicated. Now San Francisco State, California State University, is vindicated. Did they pick up the phone and thank you? Nobody even t- nobody contact contacted. Did they pay me. your bills? Of course not. Of course not. Okay, no, no, they're still fighting me about even reimbursements and stuff. So, uh, okay, so this is, okay. So if San Francisco State, if San Francisco State was, if the recipe was the McCarthyist recipe, in the sense that there is this huge attack by very powerful forces in order to silence, isolate, make it impossible, doing livelihoods and so on, this was the case. And actually, a certain listen, they did with some quarters of San Francisco State. My colleagues are amazing. The faculty union is amazing. The students are amazing. But there is, the administration actually has been very much, I believe, and I'm actually accusing them of this, okay, that they have been colluding with Zionism 100%. and using the bureaucracy to actually, like, destroy and, and, and starve Ahmed. If they were, if the reason they were doing this is because of the McCarthyist old recipe, if that's the only reason, that's gone. Now that's lifted. There is no reason that that's, we defeated. We defeated very, very strong, very strong 
ruling it's stronger than I even even expected okay it's okay and I will say it's amazing so now San Francisco State has no excuse has no excuse and I don't really you know like of course it would be really nice for somebody to say congratulations no no just, just really issue exhausted. a press statement and no, say statement. They, we were on the side of comment. justice we they are on the side of comment because I think the reason and now I'm going to say that's what I suspect but I think the reason is that that San Francisco State is so much colluding with the Zionists that they do not know how to deal with it to even issue a press release to congratulate their own lawyer their own lawyer maybe they were expecting them. defeat that, but and I mean, were yeah, they hoping is, for defeat I don't know I don't know this is their own lawyer who actually just tell him I mean you they know that, okay not my lawyers but their own lawyer the lawyer Brad Phillips who defended them nothing okay they decline comment why is it that they decline comment they ru- when we did the Islamophobia teaching after around the Muslim ban they they stole it and then they said they're the ones who organized the teaching you know they came with the press release and so on and so they're very quick to do anything why didn't they do with this so that's a question the second thing is that I, do, I don't know about the motives I'm just speculating here as a scholar sitting and talking to you but for us the next step is to hold them accountable We want the Ahmed Studies program. I am not going anywhere. I want the harassment to stop. I want this toxic environment to stop. I want to be able to do my work. I want to be able to live my life. I want to them to stop dishing more and more and more responsibilities and on me. And I want me. the faculty and positions. I, and I, I want, want the, I want the faculty. Of course, this is a big part of it, the reinstatement of the Ahmed lines. And so we have actually filed the lawsuit against San Francisco State University. We have filed the lawsuit against, which I will invite Mark and Benham to speak about it because, again, I'm not a legal person. On, But I want them to be held accountable. I want them to come and do the right thing. I posted, I appealed to President Wong when he stepped down to do the right thing, that this is the time. It's never too late to do the, the, the time for justice. And when you do it, we will stop saying, oh, we told you so and so on. I'm not going to do that. I'm not gloating. I do not gloat, okay? I want us to have a program. I want us to be able to do our work. I want us to be able to work with everybody to produce justice. This is what I really want to do. And in that sense, we are, and I, I don't know if I can say this, you know, we submitted today, we're submitting today a proposal. Tonight is we have the, the anniversary of the Palestinian mural, which was a huge victory, right? So right. We, have, we have the mural, we have the Edward Said Scholarship, we have the, um, the collaborative with Al-Najah, and today we submitted the proposal. We have a proposal. very successful program. We I know, know that as a fact. We want to have our courses. People want to support. I know we, I'm not going to talk about uh, fundraising because this is not the, the place. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going, I made a mistake last time and I apologize. Well, so this I'm is not, a non-profit yeah, organization. So I'm not going to do that but I would like people to support us by calling on San Francisco State to allow us to have the courses we can't even have the courses we want next semester they are icing the courses and they're saying choose between an Arab Arab American identity course and a course that is taught by by leading Muslim uh, feminists I mean I'm not going to flip any coins I'm not going I don't want to give up on the Palestinian mural course I want all the courses we requested we need the courses the students are excited even now with the publicity about the lawsuit there is so much more excitement we need to do that the other Another thing that we are submitting today in the afternoon, we're going to meet the deadline. We are submitting a proposal for study abroad in Palestine. So we are going to realize the collaborative with Najah National University. What a dream. And we are going to actually team teach a course myself, which I have a course on Palestine, and the dean of faculty of education wow. who has a course called Discover Palestine. So we want to bring our students together. We want to study together. We want to be able to visit different places in Palestine, meet different communities, meet people who are struggling both among Palestinians and also Israeli uh, anti-occupation. We want to be able to do all of this stuff. And we really hope that San Francisco State is not going to come up with all sorts of bureaucracy 
bureaucratic reasons as they always try to do in order to stop us. We're hoping that maybe now they can just like give us a break, just give us a breathing space. I would be very happy. I don't have to even say, okay, they're not going to do it. I would be very happy if they give us a breathing space. And we really need our people, our supporters to make, to hold them accountable. We celebrate. We move on with the program. We want support for the program. And we want to be able to hold them accountable for, for also the damages that they have done already. Because I don't think it's okay. I want the faculty lines. I want the Ahmed program. That's what I came to do. I am going to do what I came to do. That's what you brought me well, to do. Justice, I'm going to do it. Justice, justice yeah. prevailed. In Finally. this case, yes. and, and it will prevail. This is what I think. And I think if the lawfare project, they think they can bully, bully their way on college campuses they lost. and smear academics, they are going to lose again, be it at the appeals court, the Supreme Court. I feel that they are going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I've said that before, and I've said they are going to lose during this yes. third round that they've mm-hmm. had. Now, again, a few minutes. We have a few minutes. Your message to those who have been supporting you, because, you know, we, we've been talking about it, and I know you've been trying to reach out to a lot, but a lot well, of people are going to be listening. Enough, there's not enough time to No, think. no, but there are a lot of people going to be listening. I am so grateful. A lot of people are going to be listening to the show. At least let them hear from you. Jamal. I don't think I can. I mean, I get really, really and your very students, emotional by the about way. it. I, I get, I mean, people who actually showed up all the time, yes. whether on calls, whether in court, whether by writing letters. The, the academic institutions who, sign, who wrote statements, even when they were threatened, the co- colleagues who kind of like, uh, one day I, w- I get an email from Zach Luckman, who's in the Middle East Studies Association, he says to me, do you want us to write a statement? I did. I, I just had no time. I was like, I'm, I'm so busy with my work, with my teaching, with taking care of my health, with taking care of my students, with the lawsuit, with, I mean, multiple things and so on. And I'm like, this is really amazing. California Scholars for Academic Freedom, our faculty union, our people in the community, the students, the faculty who teach with me, the people who went on and organized again and again, the people who silently challenged the university around the question of the posters, around question of campus wash the people of the various delegations who said that we're not going to let this happen because this is really very important to it's very very important to all of us i think for me it's really for me i've always said okay yes i i i'm not i'm not minimizing that i fought and i have steadfastness and i do have steadfastness and i'm you know look i was born and raised in, in, Don't in minimize Don't Islam, min- it's called the mountain of fire yeah. i have been raised to be dignified to be proud to not give in about questions of justice i i can't okay that's the way i am but i would not have been able to do it without the support of everybody. There is so much gratitude. There is so much appreciation. There is so much love in my heart that that it allowed me. Because if I could, did not have support, every single time I, f- I, w- I used to feel like so distraught. I'm like, oh, my God, here it comes again. Like you see somebody who's coming in, people from the community b- doing fundraisers, people inviting me, people speaking, people writing statements, that students sending me little messages, coming to meetings, organizing, staying up till the wee hours to create this proposal. Because I'm not doing it by myself. I'm actually doing it with the students. We're coming together. When I criticize Dr. Uh, Wong about the Zionists are welcome, this group comes out, Zionists. Jews against Zionism, the Women and Gender Studies de- Department at San Francisco State, the Jewish Voice for Peace, the Palestinian Students, Black Student Union. I mean, there is so much, there is so much thanks to go around. And this is what makes a movement. I really strongly believe that we can win. 
when we put our resources together, we have the message, strong message of justice, and we bring out our resources. We can win. And that's the voice of the victor, Professor Rabab Abdul Hadi. And I don't want to minimize the centrality of your role, Rabab, because you. without you, this would have never happened. I don't need to remind you and our listeners that you're not the first person they attacked, yes. but you're the first person that's won. Yeah. Let's keep that in mind. Well, Jamal, we've come to the end of another uh, Arab Talk. Thank you all for listening to Arab Talk. And thank you both for having no. me on the show again and again. We and consider again. you an honorary DJ on, uh, <laughs> on Arab Talk. Uh, send us your comments to Arab Talk at kpoo.com. Follow us on, actually, on several things now. We are on several platforms, Jess. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, we're on, iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts. And uh, Facebook Live, Facebook, will not, Facebook Live, uh, shut you down and Twitter, again. and yeah. hopefully Facebook will not shut us down. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>